Hi everyone, thank you for joining the live event today. I am Dr. Maria Sampalis. Today we're going to talk about optometry in Israel. I have the pleasure of having Lot Gantz with us today. Thank you for joining us uh, this uh, afternoon. Sure, thank you for inviting me. For those of you that do not know her, um, she has she's an optometrist in Israel, bachelor's of optometry with a minor in BS in computer science. Uh, she completed her PhD in uh, physiologic optics and vision science. And uh, from the University of uh, Houston over there uh, in optometry here in the U.S. in 2009 and did a postdoc as well in uh, clinical electrophysiology and another postdoc in psychophysics of depth of perception. So welcome, welcome. Uh, you are... Uh, you know, well-educated on, on different topics of optics and optometry. So it's so glad to, to have you um, on the show today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to talk about one of my favorite topics, optometry in Israel. Yeah. So can you just give us some uh, information? How, how, how many optometry schools in the country? So Israel is a relatively small country in the Middle East. It's about the size of New Jersey. It's a little bit bigger than Rhode Island, but it's really, really small. Um, so from top to bottom, you could definitely drive the whole thing in about six hours, maybe seven. Wow. Um, so very small state. There's uh, close to eight million people in the entire country. And there's only two schools of optometry. One is in central Israel, Bar Ilan University. They have an optometry department. And the second is Hadassah Academic College in Jerusalem. And that's where I teach. Awesome. Uh, any internships, externships of the study programs? Give us a little bit of insight on the so emphasis the way, of the studies. Yeah. So um, higher learning, higher education in Israel is a little bit different than in the U.S. Um, in high school, students already pick a major, um, kind of like APs, sort of similar. Uh, so the system is vastly different. So the high school studies are very, very in-depth. And um, also in Israel, Army is obligatory. And um, females have to serve two years and males have to serve two years and eight months. And therefore, once the students are, have completed high school and have completed their army service, they often also go on a trip for a year to kind of clear their heads because the army can be a, quite a traumatic experience. Um, they start relatively late. And so in Israel, when you go to university or college and you're studying your bachelor's, it's already a very specific practical profession. So you don't do like a, B, a a bachelor's and then you go to graduate school. Optometry is a bachelor degree in Israel. It's a four-year bachelor degree, which is longer than the majority of the bachelor degrees, which are typically three. Um, so optometry in Israel is four years. Um, and after you've completed your studies, you have to go through a statewide uh, boards. And it's it's not like for every city, it's different you know, because the U.S. has a lot of states and every state has its own certification. This is just one countrywide um, examination that all the graduates of the two optometry schools have to pass. It has a written exam and um, a practical exam. And once you get licensed, you just can go out there and practice. So there's no internship and no externship unless the program within your institution has required you to do some kind of externship or internship within the program. So in our program, we do have an option for excellent students to do some of their clinical training instead of within our clinics in-house 
they can go out and do it, you know, together with ophthalmology and um, through an HMO where they see patients. Um, but that's only the excellent students. Everyone else just goes through our clinics. They rotate through. Yeah. What's the acceptance rate uh, and, and, and requirements for optometry school? So in order to get into optometry school, a person has to have um, there's a major and a credit point system in Israel for for high school. So they have to have a high placement of math has to be at least four or five points. They can't be doing three or less. And they have to have a major in a science, which means they must have had um, at least five points of biology or chemistry or biochemistry or physics. Um, and if they have not completed those requirements with a high enough grade, then um, and there's also um, an exam called the psychometric exam, really similar to the SAT. It's out of a score of 800 and they have to have over 600 in order to get into the college. And we also have a personal interview. So in case there's a student who, for whatever reason, didn't complete the minimum requirements um, and didn't have a high enough score in their um, psychometric evaluation, we may still be impressed in the interview that they really, really want optometry school. And then we will require that they go into the college and do one year of complete completing courses in scientific areas. And then they have to have a specific GPA and then they can come in and study optometry. But otherwise, if we weren't impressed in the interview that they have a place in our field, they wouldn't get it. And so what is the acceptance rate? I'd say something like 60% of applicants get in. Um, and we only have about 50 or 60 spots in every year, um, meaning in the first year of studies. And typically we have a very high um, dropout rate after the end of the first year. Typically out of the 60 that start the first year, only 50 will continue onwards and only about 45 will graduate. Wow. Is there advanced degree options? Um, and if so, how does that work with like salary advantage and things like that? So um, as I said, optometry is a bachelor's degree in Israel. And once you pass your licensing exam, you can practice anywhere. So you don't have to have an advanced degree in order to practice optometry. However, both schools of optometry also offer a master's degree. The master's degree is offered in our college as a clinical master's. And at bar -Ilan, they offer two options. There's a clinical master's and then there's a, a master's with a thesis where it's more like a research project and it's not very clinical. It's more like neuroscience. Other optometrists may decide to get an MBA or to go and do a, a, a master's of public health or neuroscience or even a master's or PhD in medicine. However, um, employees, employers are not that impressed with the master's degree because really what they want is optometrists who know the trade, they know how to perform examinations, um, are very professional in their conduct and in the examinations, meaning not a lot of redos, know how to fit maybe specialty lenses, which is one of the advantages of the clinical master's degree. Um, but if you have... If you're more adept, you may get a higher salary just because people want you. The employee, the employer might want you very much. You're more attractive, um, but I don't think that there's a higher salary if you have a master's degree. However, in the in the um, health sector, if you're working for an HMO, um, Israel is a socialist medical country, so 
it, there's not a lot of private services that are offered. So if you're within the hospices of a hospital or an HMO, then you do get a higher salary if you have a master's degree, but your initial salary is quite low. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what workplaces do um, optometrists in Israel work as? As a corporate, HMO, hospitals, schools? What, what are the different settings? So the majority of the optometrists who graduate from optometry school will work in corporate, meaning they'll work in opticals that are optical chains because they have the most stores within the country. Most optometrists will work in a store. Um, so that means, and also in Israel, optometry is not separate from the store. The exam lane is not separate from the store. So when the, when the client comes in, it's a client, it's not a patient, and they'll go through the store into the uh, examination lane if they need to be tested. And so that's where the majority of the graduates will go. Some, um, some optometry opticals are not kind of store-based. They're more like a clinic. And they're typically not, you know, in the, in, the, in the storefront in the street, but more like in offices. And they will require for patients to schedule an appointment. And that's usually more the specialty clinics. They're very rare but they do exist. So there's specialty clinics specializing in contact lenses. There's some specialty clinics specializing in pediatrics. There's some specialty um, clinics specializing in vision therapy. Some specialize in low vision. Um, and there's a few that, you know, will do all of those. So those specialty clinics will also offer more advanced services like they might have an OCT, which is really rare for an optometrist to have an OCT in their practice. They might have an optos, which is really rare, but still exists in one or two stores. Um, a fundus camera, also something that's not typically seen in an optometry practice, but will be seen in some of these private practices. And then aside from those, there are optometrists who work in hospitals. So some hospitals have an actual active optometry department and a lot of the ophthalmologists will have an optometrist working with them alongside them, either doing workup or doing specialty fittings for contact lenses and doing some of the um, tests like the OCTs and the fundus photography and all that, topographies, um, rather than the ophthalmologist doing it, more like a technician. Um, and then some work in HMOs and provide optometry services within the HMOs and we'll have, you know, the, the spectacles and everything through the HMO. Um, I think there's some community clinics. And then of course there's optometrists who work in our clinics. We have community clinics um, within the college. And so does Barilan University. And we have graduates that work as preceptors. Now, the, going back to the to the corporate um, sector, just just to get for our listeners, um, what are the names? What are the big brands in Israel um, for corporate entities? So some of the big ones are there's Opticana, which is quite big. There's Halperin Optic, which is quite big. And then there's a few smaller ones, um, such as Carolina Lemke, which started as just a fashion sunglasses brand and has since branched into um, specs, optical specs. Um, they started by just copying prescriptions, and that was a huge cry out from the optometry community. Um, unfortunately, unlike optometry in the U.S., optometry in Israel is not very strong politically. There's also very few optometrists. There's maybe 2,000 on the registry in the whole country. So out of close to 9 million citizens, that's really not a lot. And it's when not. I see 2,000 on the registry, it's 
you know, they're on the registry. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily working or active in the field. So there's really not a lot of optometrists. And, you know, you heard from the numbers that we have in terms of graduates. If I've got 45 graduating and then there's 45 graduating from Barilan, we're talking about 90 graduates a year. And several don't even go into optometry afterwards. They'll branch out into other areas like, you know, sales of, of medical equipment, medical supplies or drugs, pharmaceuticals. Um, and some will go into, you know, management and public health. And some just go into a different field altogether. You know, many end up going into nursing school afterwards because they want more patient care in hospitals. So not everyone that completes optometry school ends up working in optometry. Um, yeah. So we're not very strong. And so what happened with Carolina Lemke is that after copying prescriptions and they saw that they were getting a little bit of a fight there and a lot of the optometrists were not cooperating. In other words, Carolina, the stands in the malls were sending people to go get exams and then the optometrists raised the prices of the exams. And then it wasn't worthwhile to purchase the specs at, at the stands in Carolina Lemke because, you know, it was they were paying too much for the exam. So they started hiring their own optometrists, but they have not hired enough optometrists to man all the stands in the country. And so what they're doing is kind of like a telemedicine type optometric exam. Mm -hmm. And the optometric community is really, really at um, crying and trying to, you know, fight, fight the virtual exams. Um, yeah, so that's, a, that's a huge thing here in the U.S. We have 40,000 optometrists um, and that's a huge next step is telemedicine and I think a lot of the corporations are using telemedicine more because of, of, of doctor shortages or just trying to get more scripts, get scripts through. And I think we all need to kind of work together because the problems that you're having in, in Israel, we're having the same problems here. So I think we're always stronger with numbers and presenting and best patient care for all of us. And um, I know here we're very fortunate um, to have great scope of practice, depending on your state. I mean, we're all expanding. Um, and then here in the U.S., within the corporate sector, you can do sublease and rent space, have your own business. Some states you can be employed. But what I've noticed is all over the world, and I think even in Israel, the doctors are um, employed there. So I think, you know, optometry independent is super important uh, if you want to be that. If you want to be employed, great. But I think it's also important, too, if you want to just, you know, just do eye exams and, 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 and uh just see your patients. I think that's that's important, and I think that's how, why we all need to kind of work together. What does scope of practice look like in Israel? So I think um, I really agree with everything you said, and you really hit the nail on the head when you delve into the scope of practice. I think the biggest problem right now in Israel is that optometric scope of practice. If you go into the World Council of Optometry and look at their definitions, we're only at level two, which means we're allowed to diagnose anything that has to do with refraction. We're allowed to diagnose, we, we give prescriptions, but they're prescriptions for either spectacles or contact lenses, which I know is more advanced than a lot of the countries in Europe, in which they're not even allowed to fit contact lenses or give out a prescription. However, um, that's all we do. We're refractionists and we do some contact lenses and contact lens fittings. We might prescribe aids for low vision, but that's the end of the scope of practice. Um, there's no primary care and there's no diagnostics, there's no pharmaceuticals. So we're right at the cusp. Um, you know, there's the most advanced country within Europe is the UK where optometrists can do um, diagnostics and some therapeutics, definitely not orals, but some, you know, local therapeutics they can do. 
and everybody you know in 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 Europe looks up to the UK. Also in Norway, there's a much higher, more developed scope of practice. And if you have a higher, more developed scope of practice and you're allowed to do diagnostics, if you're allowed to apply diagnostic pharmaceuticals, then there's a lot of value in doing an in-person exam. Otherwise, we're, the patient is not losing a lot in terms of their health if they're doing a telemedicine exam because our exam, you know, it's only as good as the refraction. However, I do have to say that the optometrists in Israel are trained and are also really adept at examining the retina using a direct ophthalmoscope, examining the retina using a Volk lens without any um, dilation. They're very good at checking you know, the retina using the existing technology. A lot of the advanced optometry clinics also have a puff tonometer so they can measure pressures. Many of the optometrists will also measure, you know, um, blood pressure for patients. So those optometrists are really bringing our profession forward because there's an added advantage, uh, a health advantage in patients being seen by optometrists that do bring our profession forward and are not just refractionists because otherwise, what is an optometrist? You know, a glorified um, autorefractor. That's correct. Yeah. And then in India, when I was talking to one optometrist, they do they do the refraction and they go out and dispense the glasses as well. So they kind of have them as an optician as well. So, yeah, um, we do that as well. So the optometrist in Israel will typically also do the dispensing. However, there's typically a, a whole staff in the store. So the sales will be more in charge of the, of the spectacles. Um, and the optometrist will recommend the type of lenses that are more appropriate especially when you get into the more specialty lenses like multifocal lenses and you need to really know the design of the different lenses and know how to fit it to your patient's needs. Now, I did, I did do an interview for the UK and um, the, the, what I got out of it was there are so many optometrists there. There aren't a lot of ophthalmologists. Ophthalmology has been kind of a deterrent in a lot of areas for optometry to kind of expand. Is there, is there, how many ophthalmologists are in Israel, do, do you know? So there's a few hundred, something okay. like um, 300, 400, maybe even closer to 500. The other big problem is that, as I said, it's a socialist healthcare system. And so ophthalmology exams are covered by the HMO. Okay. And optometry is not. And okay. so people pay privately to see the optometrist they do not pay to see the ophthalmologist or they pay very little, like, you know, a couple of dollars to see the ophthalmologist. And there's a lot of patient education that needs to be done and unfortunately is not. And this happens in America too, because when the patient goes to an eye doctor, they don't really know what the difference is between the ophthalmologist and the optometry doctor. It's an eye doctor. And so in Israel, there's only one type of eye doctor and that's the ophthalmologist. The optometrist is an optometrist. And then there's this whole confusion. What's an optometrist? What's an optician? They don't really know the difference. Um, and when they make an appointment and they go through the HMO, the vendor list, they've only got ophthalmology. So often they'll go to the ophthalmologist when they only need a refraction. And then um, the ophthalmologist will tell them, you know, you need to go to the optometrist. And that's when they'll start building a relationship with their optoma optometrist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been on um, the world... Uh, uh, Council of Optometry. I mean, great organization. I mean, trying. I think trying to bring optometry forward as well. 
Um, what are some of their efforts to really advance optometry all, all over the world? So I think they do it in two different ways. And one is education, and they hold an annual conference. And I think it's really important to support both the conference and them as an organization. And the second, which is really great and has been going on in the last, I, I say less than 10 years, they've put together something called the European Diploma of Optometry and Optics. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and the European Diploma of Optometry and Optics is uh, a very detailed curriculum for optometry in Europe. And schools can decide that they're going to benchmark their curriculum against the European Diploma of Optometry and Optics. And then they will license a particular school. And if the school has been accredited, the school will give not only the regular Diploma of Optometry, they can give the European Diploma of Optometry and Optics. And the graduates that have the European Diploma of Optometry and Optics, they can just go freely between the countries um, within Europe and practice to that particular scope of practice. So that's really encouraging. Our school and the other school, we've been working together, by the way, with two schools in India and wow. with a school in England and Great. with a school in Barcelona, University of Polytechnic um, Catalonia. We all work together. We received funding from Erasmus, which is a European-based um, granting ag agency. And we were all granted um, funding to go through this process. We also created a portal that allows other schools to use our tools that we created to benchmark their curriculum. And I don't know, they're coming in January. Let's hope that we actually do get accredited. And I hope that that helps bring us forward because if our optometrists will be trained to the scope of practice that's allowed in the UK and in Norway, then we can bring that to the legislation and say, look, our optometrists are allowed to practice outside our country. We're just not allowed to practice in Israel. And we're limited because ophth ophthalmology here is really strong um, in terms of the government. Yeah, that's a, that's a, what we had an issue here in Massachusetts. All over the country, we can do glaucoma drops and, you know, and, um, you know, treat glaucoma. And we and, and, and just passed like in the last year or so. I mean, it was the last state and it, and it was just a lot of opposition unfortunately, from ophthalmology. And I think we can all work together better for patient care. But, um, I, I, you know, if that legislation, that goes through the accreditation and things like that, you know, let me know. I'm happy to post it through my network. And, and, and it just, you know, it lifts everybody up. It elevates everybody. And then if there's ways that we here in the U.S. can help um, and, and forward optometry all over the world, always feel free to reach out. Um, it's one of the things that I think is very important that we all Thank you. It really together. is. Can I give you an example of something that we were looking for not long ago? Yeah. Um, right now, in, in the past, in the past, let's say five years ago, up to five years ago, in order to renew your license for driving, you needed to go through um, a vision test. And the vision test had to be performed by either an ophthalmologist or an optometrist. Um, not only was it a big, uh, it, it brought in, it brought in clients to all the optometry stores, but it also has importance in terms of, you know, public health for people to undergo testing. And a couple of years ago, in a very popular move, um, one of the ministers in the government passed a new motion to save people money. And by save money, I mean like 15 bucks mm -hmm. um, so that they would not need to go through any type of vision test if they're over 40 in order to renew their license. And that's one of the things that our board has been trying really hard to fight. And one of the things that we've been looking for is the evidence basis 
to show the legislation that there's an evidence basis for the importance of vision tests for driving. And, you know, I've been trying to help um, the council with that. It's really hard to find literature on it. And I'm assuming that it's been done in the U.S. I mean, it's just an assumption I have that people on the American Academy of Optometry probably looked into this and have probably had to fight this fight many years ago. So send me that, send me that, send me an email. I have people that I know at the Academy and I can also contact the AOA and I can get you that information if needed so I can help you. So I'm happy to do that. Or if anyone listening, if you have um, an email address, if somebody wants to reach out and help and. Yeah. Should I put it in the chat? Um, yeah. I'll just say it out loud and then we can. Contact. Okay. It's the at G L I A T G at H A C dot A C dot I L. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a pleasure to have you such a breath of fresh air to see you all your passion to expand optometry um, and hopefully within the years, we can all work together for the benefit of our patients and the benefit of optometry. Thank you for hosting me. And let's all work together. Thank you.